Hello, everybody. Welcome to Two Nuts in a Pod. I'm Lizzie. And I'm Emery. And we have a special guest today, as usual, extra special guest, oh boy. Justin Mogg, who oh. is our station manager here at Forward Radio. And I'm so happy to be in your pod, finally. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like it's even a COVID pod because we're all vaccinated. Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> we have our own little, our own little bubble. Um, so Justin is the assistant to the provost for sustainability initiatives at university of louisville and he also has a program here on forward radio called sustainability now where he talks all things sustainability and i just checked out his bike situation and it is seriously awesome it's legit i actually use my bike for transportation every single day everywhere i need to go in louisville so yeah you gotta like think about what what are you gonna do on a rainy day and how are you going to carry stuff around? That's often what I get. Like, how do you get groceries? And I was like, I've never even had to think about it because I always, I always know how to carry stuff, right? And the other thing is, when you have a bike for transportation in a car, you don't like wait four weeks to go grocery shopping and you have to get a huge quantity of stuff yeah. at once. Like, you do it a little more regularly, like almost European style. Not that I go to the bakery every day. Grab a baguette like, and yeah, some yeah, yeah, Nutella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also forage food from around places, so I. My wife and I grow food all over town. I grow food at U of L, right? So I'm always bringing home a little bit of something. Oh yeah, they have a good garden at U of L. We do we actually have two. Two. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. And yeah. some greenhouses. And... We have a greenhouse now, and it's all working. We got the solar system up and running, so the fans are now functioning. And we started our seeds for the garden commons in the in the greenhouse this year, and it's looking good. And oh, I just went yesterday to the Louisville Grows Seeds and Start Sale too, and got some extra goodies. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It was a beautiful, beautiful spread out they got there. Purple cauliflower. Who knew? Like, that's one of those things you see in the seed catalog and you're like, I could try that, but maybe not. And But then when you're there facing a purple cauliflower plant, you just have to say, yes, come to me. I'm going to try you. (laughs) I wonder if it tastes different. (laughs) I doubt it. I I bet it tastes the same, but it's fun to look at, right? Like bright purple. Yeah, like purple potatoes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those were trendy for a while. Well, those are legit. Like potatoes originated in the Andes, right? And they the original potato varieties were all like funky colors. I've been to you know northern Argentina and seen these local varieties. It's amazing. They come in all funky shapes and sizes and colors. And then of course with industrial ag, everything got compressed down into like what works for mcdonald's yeah. <laughs> that's what you see most places now just like the idaho potatoes yeah, or the, russet the potatoes russet. <laughs> yeah yeah i would love to have some purple potatoes at mcdonald's wouldn't that be fun yeah well, yeah it's never Honestly, gonna work make everything purple i'd, I'd love it <laughs> yeah. just make all of our foods purple i'd be like purple pizza i'll eat it whatever i don't care in honor of purple Grimace. carrots sort of thing because on my pizza, I usually get like banana peppers and olives. I'll just make them all purple. Yeah. Just the whole thing, just purple. Yeah. It's my favorite color. Always has been. Oh, really? Yeah. It's my favorite color, too. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Lavender, actually, okay. specifically. I'm kind of down with any purple, but the darker, the better in my book. Yeah. Does this say something about our personalities? I don't know. I don't know. Purple People... is the color of royalty. Exactly. So. My favorite color is green because yeah. money, yeah, capitalism, <laughs> I'm all about it. <laughs> 
I'm all about how do I make more money. I heard green is supposed to be like a, a color like of intelligence, like a sign of intelligence. Oh, yeah. You like I'm green. real, real smart. I'm so real that. smart. Real smart boy over here. <laughs> well, real smart boy, are you going to give us the business real oh, quick? Oh, the business. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> this is the most excited any guest has ever been for our business segment. <laughs> This is the part where Emery mentions our corporate masters. <laughs> this is the green part, all right? Uh, so you're listening to Two Nuts in a Pod on 106.5 Forward Radio. You can listen to us anytime at forwardradio.org. You can also find us on streaming services, CastBox, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find us on social media platforms, Facebook with Two Nuts in a Pod with the number two spelled out, and Instagram with Two Nuts in a Pod with the number two because they're all hip and cool at Instagram. Yeah. And you can also email us anytime, 24-7, day or night, two nights at a podcast at gmail.com. One of our 436 interns will answer your email. <laughs> wow, that really... You have interns? That's growing yeah, exponentially. It's growing a lot. I just keep <laughs> that fighting program, people. man. It's a yeah. very successful program. <laughs> well, we need the help. We need the help. Like, I literally just walk on the street and say, do you want to be an intern? They say yes, and I'm like, you're hired. <laughs> We're not going to pay you anything, but you can answer emails for us. Just no. sign it Emery and Lizzie, or Lizzie and Emery, however you want to sign it. I want to know seriously, though, about the social media. Are you able to keep up with it for two nuts and a pun? Is it a thing? I don't have time to look at it. Is it, is it, is it a ongoing yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah, well, we try. I mean, like, I was, I've been definitely better in the past with, like, posting just, like, random mental health content. Oh, cool. Like, we usually, we post our episodes and, like, yeah. you know, photos with the guests and stuff, yeah. but I also try to just... Shoot, is there a photo shoot you guys didn't tell me? Yeah, yeah we're gonna oh, take man. a picture. <laughs> All right. I'll do my hair. I should have warned you. She'll put a shirt on. He's shirtless right now. Shirtless in the back. <laughs> Yeah, he likes to bike shirtless. Oh, God. My dad did that on our cross-country bike trip when my, you know, I was 15. My brother was 18. Kept ripping his shirt off. And, you know, okay, maybe it was legitimately hot and everything, but we were so embarrassed. You can imagine. Yeah, but was he stacked, though? <sighs> he was my dad. <laughs> like, dang, dad. Like, stop making us look bad. You look too good. No. He was my age now, so he couldn't possibly have looked good. And, uh, yeah, he was short. Shorts were too short. You know, it was the 80s. Everything. Oh, my goodness. You know. Short shorts. Short yeah. shorts on dad. Mm. Those made a comeback a few years ago. Guys were wearing short shorts. Not my thing. My shorts are kind of short. They are a little bit on the short <laughs> side. But They're not, above the knee. Totally. Longer than my dad's. Yeah, I'm showing some showing some skin here. It's, bold, it's a bold knee. choice, shorts, right now. It's not quite there yet in my book. Yeah, yeah. I like the. Well, I generally like cold weather, and I, then this weather too. right here is like, I'm okay with. Like, I'll wear like a t-shirt and shorts. That's what I'm wearing right now. It's probably like 60 degrees, maybe yeah, upper 60, 50s, yeah, and like cloudy. But that to me is like shorts and t-shirt. If I'm doing something, yeah, definitely. If I'm sitting around, I had a I had a grill out last night. And, you know, I, we've done this with, this is with some new friends of mine. I'm excited to have new friends, you guys. Oh, yay. Some neighbors in, in Parrestown Point. And um, we had done it two weeks ago, I think, too. A similar thing where we, like, get together at 630 and then the sun goes down and starts getting, like, legit cold to be sitting around. So I was, like, prepared this time. I'm, like, putting my long johns on. I'm going to get my hoodie and everything. I'm going to be ready. I still got cold. 
and it was mm. you know probably 50 but i love cold weather too so it's funny i just don't usually sit around in it you know doing nothing <laughs> i did well I, yeah. I was walking here so i walked this morning from smoketown to slugger field to pick up my kentucky derby festival marathon packet oh. and then i well mine half marathon mini marathon let's, <laughs> let's be clear i'm not running yeah i'm miles. not impressed <laughs> <laughs> half marathon so i walked there this morning it was a little chilly and then i walked here from smoketown so it's you know get my steps in nice yeah did you take the stairs too did not take the stairs yeah, yeah. chickened out sometimes we're forced to in the Hebron building <laughs> <laughs> i don't even know where the stairs are in this oh my building God, you haven't had to take them no. i'll show you on the way okay. out okay i just wish they were on the outside of the building <laughs> yeah really <laughs> that would be nice <laughs> all right well let's get started on our first segment how were you for real so this is where we we really want to know how you're actually doing. So usually people ask, you just say fine, whatever, but it's just kind of a conversation ender and no one really learns anything about each other. So Emery, I'm going to start with you. Crap. <laughs> how are you for real? Uh, I'm doing all right. I uh I did experience I was in a traffic accident a wreck car wreck, no uh two weekends ago yeah it was two saturdays ago and i was t-boned going on uh no. broadway and there's a lot of construction on broadway and suv hit me and i drive a little prius and uh so my car is totaled so that part oh sucks <laughs> uh it was really it was my first car accident that i've ever experienced and I was like, all right, I know this is this is traumatic. That was not good because I I got I got spun around a bunch because the, the SUV is much larger than my little poor little Prius, yeah. um, and uh, I had just finished making payments on it too. I just paid it off. That's so sad. I think I paid it off in October and then totaled it in April. Oh my god! And uh, but luckily. Fortunately, they they hit the driver's side, but they hit the back seat of the driver's side. So that part is real messed up. But luckily, because if it was the driver's door, that could have injured me much more. So I just had some like minor cuts and bruises, and um, had some I got some issues with whiplash and with my shoulder and neck. So I'm going to physical therapy for that, which is always fun. But I am getting better. Uh, but yeah, now I just don't have a car, so that's why I'm walking so much. So I just. Uh, I was like, yeah, I guess I'll just walk everywhere now. So I walk to work, to and from work each day, and it's 2.3 miles. Sweet. That's a good walk. Because the walk to work is quite pleasant. The walk after work, after a long day, and then it gets hotter, you're just like, all right, mm. this is not as fun as it was in the morning. Mm. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's been interesting, and luckily people have given me rides or let me borrow their car here and there, and my roommate let me borrow his car to go to the grocery this morning. Uh, so that's been nice. But, yeah, car wrecks are traumatic and weird and i i did have a lot of positive things with it though like i try to look at the positive first of all i was wearing my seatbelt. nice i was going the speed limit nice no mm. drugs or alcohol involved with any driver both mm. drivers had insurance uh, there you go the person that hit me was really nice stopped really? and called 911 for me because they could tell when i because i just because my car was spun around and it was going the opposite way and in the middle of the road and I just got out of the car and went to the sidewalk and just fell down because I was like, I don't know what the hell's going on right now. Hmm. And uh, as soon as I did that, a woman came up from behind me, and I suspect it was uh, a houseless woman. I, I'm not quite sure. But she came up behind me, and she put both her hands on my shoulders and said, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I, I think I'm okay. 
And then she walked off. But it was like the most like motherly thing in that time. Because you know when like stuff gets scary, you're just like, Mom, where are you? <laughs> or like yeah. any motherly figure, you're just wondering where they are. And in that time, it was like she just put her hands on my shoulders just very gently and just said, are you okay? And I was like, that is exactly what I needed to hear. Yeah. I needed someone to come up to me. And um, so, yeah, everything went well there. And I was, you know, since I was in, I was on Broadway, so I was super close to L Hospital. Um, the ambulance, a- ambulance, ambulance drove me over there, and uh, that's a six hundred fifty dollar bill, by the way. Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it is astounding how much that is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, things are going to work out. It's just been a little tricky lately, and I, I really just don't want to go car shopping. I don't want to deal with that stuff. Uh, I was so proud of finishing the payments. Like you know, that was kind of a steep thing each month. So that was nice, but now I just get to go do that. So. Oh. Did you get a decent insurance check? Yeah, so that's still being worked out, but yeah, it should be should be decent. I should be okay. Good, um, good down payment for the next one. But yeah, I just I liked my little guy, you know. Yeah, little... and you just paid him off, and I liked him too. I rode around in him some. Yeah, I, I I was often well. That's one thing I've had lately. I'm a very I'm a control person. I like to be in control. And so the thing with me with going out with friends or anything, I was always the driver, hmm. like consistently the driver. Are you the sober one too? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if I'm not sober, I'm not driving. Uh, <laughs> I'm useless with friends because I don't drink or drive. <laughs> <laughs> but I was up on my bike. <laughs> yeah. But the one thing that helped there was I was like, you know what? I can show up whenever I want and I can leave whenever I want. Now it's like, hey, we're picking you up at eight, which is great for them to pick me up. But it's like, hey, you need to be ready at eight o'clock. You yeah, that kind of stinks. And if you're like, all right, I kind of want to go, but I need to wait for people, or I need to call an Uber or Lyft or something. Um, and generally, I will avoid that because I want to save money, so I'll just walk. But yeah, so that makes things a little complicated. But it kind of like releases that that need for control that I have. So I kind of like that as well. Hmm. Yeah. Even and though, walking more is probably good for your mental health. Like, have you noticed that at all? Yeah, I love I love walking in these areas. Um, I'm not like when I grew up. I grew up out in the east end of Louisville, and the suburbs is not really where I want to walk. No, um, no. I, I either want to walk like in a park, or I want to walk like in more of an urban area. Yeah. So, like when I lived uh, on Broadway here at uh, Second and Broadway, like I loved walking downtown because I was just like, look at the amazing buildings, the architecture, and everything, and the history. So I can still do that a little bit here, and but yeah, it's just um, you know. Also, just notice how few people are walking around. Yep. Like, yep. like even when I went up to pick up my packet, they were like, "Oh, well, this is a drive-through for picking up." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, well, I, I'm, I I don't have a car right now." And they looked at me like I was nuts. Like I had Isn't said something funny? terrible to them. <laughs> they they were okay with it, and they got me my packet. But I was like, "Okay, I guess I'm the only person that walked up here." Um, but yeah, that's just that was like me on my bike getting my vaccine down at Cardinal oh, Stadium. Yeah. They have a, they have acres and acres of orange cones to drive you through, right? And I I kind of had to follow the route until the very end, where they were like, "Okay, you could you don't have to follow the cars. You can just go over there and get your shot." <laughs> Thank you. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's been my my life for the past two weeks. So I, I probably need to go car shopping pretty soon, but so far it's it's worked out. But I uh, you know. We'll just see. What about bike shopping? Yeah, I do have a bike. Oh. But I know almost nothing about biking oh. or any of that. See, you and I got to 
you got you and I got to do some biking together. Might have to do a little chat there because there yeah, go. I uh, I have a bike that I never use. Oh um, man, I'm a runner, walker, and driver. Um, I haven't been a cyclist. And huh. I, I think I, I need to get better about that. Brennan, my roommate, he actually went for a bike ride this morning. Yeah, so I need to join him because he usually goes like to Indiana. Yeah, his little bike rides. Yeah, cool. So yeah, that's uh, that's my life. And then I'm a little little anxious because this week. Wednesday is the eight-year anniversary of my suicide attempt. So, like, mm. April is always just kind of like a a weird month where you're just like, you know, some memories really stick with you. And there's a lot of stuff around that time that was in 2013 that really stuck with me. So, just Jesus, kind of like just added stress. But I guess not having a car, you kind of forget about some of that stuff. Because <laughs> it was like, oh, wait, i got to figure out how to get places now. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, so that's, it's just been a little stressful there. But uh, everything else is pretty good. Hmm. Cool. Lizzie, how are you for real? <laughs> I wanted to build the tension there. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> that was a cinematic moment. Uh, I am I'm not doing too hot lately, actually. Um, my anxiety and depression have been really bad, and they just have not been letting up. And it just really sucks when it's the two of them. It's such a double whammy, because with like when it's just depression, there's this way... I can kind of like sink into it and like feel sorry for myself a little bit and like just kind of relax into it There's in a no way. There's no nervous energy around yeah. being depressed, right? Yeah, but when I'm also anxious, it's like I can't relax. <sighs> so it's just this feeling of like being on edge all the time, but also being really depressed. <sighs> and I've got these new meds, but they just don't seem to be working yet. And I don't know what's going on with that. Um, I did, I have started smoking again. Cause I was just like, you know what? Screw it. Like <laughs> I'm going to try to quit smoking again when I'm not clinically depressed. Let's try that because it's just been, it's just been rough. And I think part of it is I just don't have a lot of structure to my day. I've been working from home still. I know we're all going to go back at Spalding. We go back to work in August. Um, but yeah, I've just... I've been really isolated at home and just not getting as much social interaction, which I know is is not good for me either. But, yeah, it's just been... I, I really think, like, my favorite part of every day right now is sleeping. Like, sleeping oh, is I really... Oh, I sleeping. I, I, like, I get really excited to get into bed. I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. It's just kind of like feels like my time to like feel okay. And then during the day, it just feels a little more chaotic. Like mm -hmm. I just kind of don't know what to do with myself. Mm. It's very weird, um, but I'm getting through it. I, I just know it has to let up at some point. It always does. Uh, I did have the other day I had my first good day in a while. I actually had a really good dream and sometimes my dreams Ooh. like affect my moods a lot. Ooh. So I woke up and I just had this really awesome dream where I was part of this like resistance <gasps> no or way. something. And I was like the leader and it was like, wow. Yeah. What, what were you resisting though? <laughs> I don't it, remember. Does it matter? I don't remember. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I was the leader of the resistance. <laughs> I was the leader of a resistance. Hell yeah. And I woke up just feeling super empowered and like, yeah, like I can do stuff. And I had like this workshop for work that day that I was really nervous about because I always get nervous when I'm leading a workshop. I just have some like public speaking anxiety. And but... yet she hosts a radio show. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yet, <laughs> when I don't have to look at the people who are listening to me, I know it does make me, a difference. Yeah. It, it makes a difference. They're out there now listening. <laughs> oh gosh! Don't let me get in my head. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so did did the dream help with the workshop? Were you? I think it did. Okay. Yeah, I think I felt a little more in control, a little more confident. Wow. So, and it was all day. I just, I had a good day. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to bank that one. Wouldn't it be great if you could order up a dream, like, tonight I want to dream about flying or whatever? Well, I can kind of lucid dream. Really? So, and I tend to, actually, most nights I end up lucid dreaming. So, but I don't have a lot of control over what happens, though. Typically, I'll, like, want something to happen and then something really different happens. Like, I remember... When I was younger and I was lucid dreaming, I was like, I want to kiss like a really hot guy. And then like it was like Ron Howard popped up <laughs> and I kissed Ron Howard, except at that point I just knew it was like Richie Cunningham from Happy Days. <laughs> and I mean, Ron Howard, amazing man, not necessarily like a sex symbol or anything. <laughs> So my lucid dreaming doesn't doesn't always like work out that well. I really hope Ron Howard doesn't listen to this show. He's gonna oh, like, he does. He's gonna be like he super does. disappointed. Be like, oh, cool. I'm not a hot guy. Ron Howard, I think you're totally hot and you have aged well. There you go. There you um, go. I actually saw Ron Howard when I was in New York, uh, not long after this illicit dream that I had. Did you feel an urge to kiss the man? Uh, a little bit. I did. I did. No, I um, I I was with my friend. And I was like, we saw him, and after he walked away, I was like, that was Richie Cunningham from Happy Days. She was like, and Ron Howard, a really famous director. Yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, I obviously watched too much Nick at Night, and I have a problem. Also, he's the narrator in Arrested Development. True. And I've been watching. I've been rewatching that lately. So yeah, love Ron Howard. Is, does he direct that, too? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't think so. Yeah. But, yeah, I have a special connection with Ron, me and Ron. Huh. But, yeah, uh, I wish I could control my dreams a little bit more since they affect my mood so much. But, yeah, like, today I woke up anxious, and, it, and my dream wasn't even that much of an anxiety dream, but it was just kind of, like, neutral. So yeah. if I could just program those good dreams, yeah. that would be great. Come on, science. Yeah, we need to get there. <laughs> but yeah, basically, still anxious and depressed. Feel like a broken record, but because it's just been going on for so long now. Like usually, I have, I have like short periods of it, and then it, it gets better. And I'm hoping maybe as things start opening up again, and as I start like going back to work, that things get better. But when you say short periods, are you talking weeks? Months? Months, usually. Okay. Wow. And this this depression and anxiety has been going strong for, like, I would say probably six months now. Wow. And so. it's not seasonal. It's not because, unlike Emery and me, you hate winter. No. it's okay. it's a uh, And actually, my winter seasonal depression wasn't as bad as usual this year. It was just kind of regular uh -huh. depression. And usually in the spring, I start to get really happy because usually in the sp spring <laughs> in spring and fall are usually my happy seasons yeah. i get like a few weeks a year where i'm happy and then like <laughs> summer and winter i get the seasonal depression where it's just not fun mm. but this year i haven't had that boost yet i've just still been slogging through mm. but 
Mm. It's what it is. It'll get better. And I, I did recently also stop seeing my therapist, which is a great idea, right? Like when I'm feeling <laughs> really crappy, just to decide to stop seeing my therapist. It's like, why don't I stop taking my meds too? Like, great idea. I don't even get out of bed anymore. <laughs> no, but I was just kind of. It was at a point where. I was really dreading my therapy sessions, and they were making me feel worse afterwards. Oh, my gosh. And it's, like, for a while, it was actually helping, and I seemed to be improving. And then I just kind of, I think it's ever since I tried to go off of mood stabilizers, and that didn't work out, that my mood started plunging. And then the therapy just kind of stopped really working for me, or at least her approach to therapy stopped really working for me. And you told her that basically hmm. in so many where I basically, I, I ended up crying cause I just felt so guilty about it and I'm just such a crier. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had told her I wanted to like do every other week instead of every week. And then we were talking about that. And then I was like, well, I might just need a break from therapy. And then she caught on to what I was saying and then was like, you know, it might be my approach. If you want me to recommend somebody else who might have a different approach, I could do that. And she was very understanding. It's It was good to have that talk because you don't always get that with therapists. Sometimes you can kind of just ghost therapists. Like, I don't, I've never ghosted a therapist, but I've ghosted a psychiatrist before where I'm like, yeah, I'll see you next time. And then I'm like, I'm never seeing that person again. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, no. I've ghosted a therapist before. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, it's not working. You don't want to have the uncomfortable conversation. But I I had had developed a pretty good relationship with her. So I felt like I needed to have the conversation. And it wasn't too uncomfortable. I did cry because I just felt bad. But um, yeah, I think I'm just going to take a little break from therapy for a while. I'm still reading a therapy book that is helping. It's acceptance and commitment therapy. Um. Does it have exercises or something? I don't know what a therapy book is. Yeah. Yeah, it has exercises. And acceptance and commitment therapy is basically like it uses a lot of mindfulness to try to accept the uncomfortable feelings that you're having. Okay. And just kind of expand and like breathe into them instead of trying to avoid them through like substance use and stuff like that. Uh, And then the commitment aspect is like to really base basically define what your values are and just try to act based on those values, no matter how you feel. So no matter how crappy you feel that if you can still make choices to like do things that are in line with your values, then you can, you know, have a more fulfilling life Mm -hmm. than if you're trying to kind of chase feelings of happiness and pleasure all the time, Mm. that's where you get into, like I get into issues with substance misuse and just kind of avoiding feelings. And Mm. so um, that's what I've been kind of working on. So it's good. It's good to have a a therapy book at least. And I'm, I'll probably get a new therapist in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. But for now, I'm just taking a little break because I did weekly for several, I mean, for a while. It's been several months and I just, it was too intense. I wasn't really getting anywhere and Hmm. yeah, just wasn't doing it for me. Yeah, it's understandable. I think I've been doing weekly for like four years now and uh, used to be like monthly or bi-weekly before then. But uh, but yeah, you you can shop around. I don't mind asking the place I go to. 
yeah looking for people for you mm-hmm. yeah i think if they're I just need someone who's good with like affirmation. I realize that sometimes talking with friends is better than seeing a therapist because it really helps me to have people affirming me Mm -hmm. when I'm feeling bad. And sometimes therapists can't really do that because they don't like know you know you. So they're, they're just kind of like they're trying these different tactics to try to, you know, make you think differently. Uh, and to try to, you know, use CBT or use all these different methods. But sometimes you just need someone who knows you being like, you're good. Like, right. you're, you're fine. Like, everything's good. Like, you don't have to be worrying about this stuff. Because rarely would a therapist say that, right? Like, they would try to fix what's wrong, even if it's minor. Yeah. Because you're coming to them for professional help, so... They're not going to be like, oh, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I've had therapists, like I had a really great therapist who was just good at the affirmation aspect. I'm sure. Where, yeah. you know, even though she would say things like, you know, it seems like actually you do have a lot of stuff figured out. And oh. she would kind of list the things that I had mentioned in session. That's and nice. Yeah. I, I, I like that kind of thing. Yeah. She got any appointments available? <laughs> I know. I she dis she moved, no! so I lost her. It was mm. really sad. Virtual therapy then. I know. I didn't have the option because there was like a non compete clause, so she couldn't take Don't. her clients with her. Don't. So I lost mm. her. It was very sad. It's like with with the affirmations. I was thinking of sometimes that's very beneficial for me as well. But sometimes it's like, like if I I have that the the women's chat that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and eleven of my girlfriends, and and what? it's it's yeah I'm in cool. a, I'm in an all girls chat yeah <laughs> no big deal <laughs> uh, and th- they're so affirming like if especially if like you know I got some I have a problem if I had a problem with like an ex or something like that and I was like hey da, 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 like they're all gonna be like so team Emery wow. but maybe sometimes too that it might not be beneficial like but also my therapist has been like that too like one time I was like. Like, hey, like, and I was talking about, like, hey, like, I started talking to an ex, and he was like, damn it, Emery. <laughs> you, just, you just tell, I was like, oh, this is like a friend. Like, this is like one of my friends be like, come on, man, what are you doing? <laughs> like, he took off that therapist hat, just like became like a friend there. But, uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I wish you the best of luck in finding yeah. a new therapist. Cause, Thank you. And I know yeah. there will be one for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, Justin. How are you for real? Well, apart from feeling like a little imposter syndrome here, uh, because I've never struggled with depression, I've never been to therapy. Um, in general, I'm feeling uh, very good. I I enjoy the spring, the season of rebirth. Um, of course, I love winter, but uh, there's something about getting my hands back in the soil and planting things again. That's very affirming for me uh, and exciting, but it's such a busy time. My goodness. Um, Yeah. March and April, just both at U of L and in terms of like preparing things to plant in planting trees, just did a a tree planting in old Louisville yesterday at third and Hill planted a bunch of sugar maples that maybe one day we will tap and make syrup from. Nice. Very exciting. <laughs> uh, so that's very gratifying. Yeah, it's a season of doing very gratifying work because I, I I like to do things with my hands and make the world a better place. And so spring feels like an easy time to do that. Um, 
Other really positive thing in my life right now is is new boss. So I don't even like the word boss, but uh, <laughs> my my collaborator, the provost, is brand new uh, and very much into sustainability and very supportive. And it's been a rough five, six years of interim provosts that I'm working for, like a rotating door of them for a while that I kind of had to meet with new new people regularly and like justify my existence because nobody knows why I'm there and everybody thinks I should be like under somebody else. Hmm. <laughs> and it's the job of sustainability is so broad and there's so much going on that it's very hard to bring some up to speed quickly with like, what what do you do exactly? Like there's so many different kinds of things I do. So I should not ask that question. No, you can totally <laughs> ask it. <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes later. All right. Well, uh, that's our show. <laughs> so, yeah, I got to meet my boss this week, and she is very supportive and very interested in sustainability and wants to, you know, meet with me every month, which maybe to most people that's like, really? That's not that great. But, like, literally, the old farmer provosts were giving me a half hour a quarter to oh, talk wow. to them about, you know, the greatest crisis facing humanity and everything else in sustainability. It's just crazy. So, yeah, to have leadership at UofL, any leadership at UofL, but especially the one who's directly overseeing me, you know, that is very in interested in genuinely interested in sustainability. That's that's very life affirming for me. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a good time and there's lots lots of going on, lots of good work to do and uh, I was heavily involved in the, you know, the pledge drive here at Ford Radio 2 and the talent show, which I hosted, and everything went relatively well there. <laughs> uh, and the talent show was uh, came off better than I even was expecting. So, um, so thank you, listeners, for supporting us and for coming out for the talent show. And we were able to reach our goal. So I feel like the station's on good ground for a while. Woohoo! Woo yeah. We did it. We totally did it. Thank you guys for your role, too, helping... Get the two nuts in a pod listeners to ante up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what what got you interested in sustainability? Oh, um, Short answer. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I have to throw a lot of credit to my dad. So my dad has a PhD in chemistry and um, worked for the National Academy of Sciences when I was really growing up in, in high school and that kind of age. Um, and would come home telling stories of his adventures uh, de helping develop science programs internationally. So he was like the international liaison. He would like go to India and help up set up chem, chem labs and things like that. Uh, and uh, he would come back with tales of sustainable development in a sense too, very much on the science side of things. But um, And he had a great concern for the environment and sustainability and would talk about it a lot and uh, was always thinking of things as a family that we could do. Um, when we got a car, he got uh, license plates for it that said CO2 maker. <laughs> <You know? laughs> nice. Like nerdy chemistry dad, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have, the, you know, a lot of it has to do with um, being car free. Uh, and that started very early thanks to my dad. You know, I, I watched him bike to work all the time. I remember I, I rode my own bike to kindergarten. Now, we probably lived like two blocks away. I, I don't remember how long the commute was, but this started very early. And then on that cross-country trip I already referenced when I was 15 years old, like 
from our front door in Arlington, Virginia to Seattle. Like, wow, that was that was eye opening, right? Like, oh. oh, I can actually do this. Like, you can legitimately use a bike to get places. And so that's a period in your life when everybody else is like turning towards cars, right? Like getting their driver's license and maybe being given or buying their first car and all that stuff. And so for me, it was like, I can, I can, I can be a rebel, like, <laughs> like yeah. Lizzie in her dreams. And yeah. I can do something uh, countercultural here. That's actually good for the world. And it makes me feel good and happy and saves me tons of money. Right. Yeah. Uh, seriously. And so at 15, I decided, I'm, you know, I'm just not going to get a driver's license. And here I am 47, still don't have one. And it still makes me happy every day. Uh, it's a total burden off your shoulders. Um, not to have to worry about where to park the damn thing or to maintain it or to fuel it up or to pay for it all. Um, and, and also just building the most important thing probably is building activity into my day every day. Like people who walk everywhere get the same thing. But, um, you know, the fact that I, I know every single day I'm going to be biking at least 10 miles, just living my life in Louisville, you know, mm. um, that, that gives you a really good base of physical activity on which do other things too but uh it means i can think less about like finding time to go to the gym or being really cautious about what i eat or whatever um and and it also is good mental health thing for me to just do some physical activity every single day you mentioned that walk home being a bit of a drag i i guess i don't get that tired at work that i have ever had that but for me it's always a nice decompression time Mm -hmm. uh just a little me time on my bike um and getting on my bike makes me feel like a kid again. I don't know. <laughs> it's always a little bit of a fun relief. So I just get kind of, well, I would ride my bike sometimes from where I was in, at, on Broadway to Main Street. And I just, I would always just get kind of nervous. I was, mm. I was just kind of scared of cars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're much bigger. Right. And they go faster. <laughs> With so, reason, right? Yeah. Uh, there's something about the way you use the roadway that, helps protect you and i've been doing it so long that it's like instinct now uh but there's also really smart route finding so you don't generally use the same route you would in a car um but i mean i've gotten to a place where even in even in louisville which when i first got here well i had the exact same feeling of like this is kind of scary here i've now gotten more comfortable with it but um you don't want to get too comfortable because you want to you want to be defensive out there when there's nothing to protect you but the goodwill of the other drivers, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, uh, so that got me down a, a life thinking about the environment. And I went to college and learned a lot more about social issues, too. I mean, not my family's always into social justice, but it, it wasn't like central to my mind. And it was senior year high, in, in college when I, you know, was reading a a text for a class where I read about this concept of sustainable development as a way to like reduce human suffering, uh, reduce our environmental impact, and maybe even avoid future wars. You know, a lot of the wars we're certain to see already seeing uh, the Syrian conflict, for instance, was originally started over water crisis. Right. And so uh, we're going to see a lot more uh, violence and conflict um, over these environmental resource issues. And so wow, maybe there's a way we can solve all these things at once through just living differently, living more sustainably. Yeah. And so I went off to grad school to learn what sustainable development meant and have been doing that ever since. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Very cool. 
Well, we are at, at that time. We need to take a quick it's break. break time. Good. It's break time. Good. So we will be right back. BRB. Two Nights in a Pod is a program dedicated to talking about the real stuff. The stigma of mental illness, how we tend to our mental health, and how our brains define and empower us. Hosted by Lizzie and Emery, Two Nuts in a Pod can be found on podcast streaming devices such as iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and CastBox. In addition to podcast streaming services, Two Nuts in a Pod is a proud member of Forward Radio. 065 WFMPLP is committed to broadcasting the voices of those groups and individuals in our community who are routinely ignored by the mainstream media promoting understanding and collaboration among diverse groups, supporting our efforts to network, organize, and strengthen our community and our democracy. Forward Radio is a volunteer-powered, listener-supported station, and we need your contributions. Just go to forwardradio.org to donate or get involved. Okay, we are back. As usual, we missed you guys. It was cold and lonely and dark and sad without you. <laughs> yeah, here yeah. in the pod. Yeah. It's pretty Just sad. The three of us <laughs> out in space. Just crying. <laughs> Just staring at each other and crying. <laughs> Floating through the interstellar mental health universe. <laughs> <laughs> but we are back and again we've got justin mogg here Hi. And, um from sustainability now Woo-woo. and uh so justin you have a little bit of a connection between anxiety and the work that you do yeah i mean it's it's not something i personally wrestle with too much thank goodness i'm a very positive person i don't know why like all of the science like <laughs> shows that we should be very, very uncomfortable with the, the future that is ahead of us, right? And we may want to feel very, very bad about humanity in the past, like and, and what we've done to this planet and to each other, right? Like and you just listen to the news, like there's so much to be scared and depressed about. So it, this is really affecting a lot of people. There's a, a whole new phenomenon that I never used to hear about years ago, but uh, it's getting a lot of attention called climate anxiety, where the realities of global the global climate crisis are now so in our faces. It's not just like people talking theoretically about what might happen in the future, but it's people actually dying from the global climate crisis. And I would argue... The pandemic is a part of that story, right? Why did this, why are we seeing more pandemics? Why did this one arise? It has everything to do with our relationship with the environment. Uh, This uh, disease originated from a a crossover across species that normally would not mix if it were not for humans pushing ever further into uh, natural ecosystems and coming more and more in, in close contact with these wild species that we didn't use to, right? So our, we we have a very dysfunctional relationship with the earth, right? That's one way to think about it. Like you could think about sort of the mental health problem of the sustainability. Um, and so I think there's a lot of young people. I've really noticed it at working at UofL with, you know, most of the people I'm interacting with the U of L are somewhere between like 18 and, you know, mid twenties. And there is, especially pre pandemic, which, you know, a lot of has taken a lot of focus away from it, but there was a lot of climate anxiety. A lot of people just like asking me urgently, like, are we doomed? 
you know, and, and wrestling with that. And it came down to really personal things for people. Like I had students telling me that they were probably not going to have children. Not that they didn't want children, but because they didn't think it would be wise to bring a child into a doomed planet, you know, mm. like wrestling with real tough stuff like that. Um, and so my fear always is that we will get immobilized by the fear, <laughs> you know, uh, it's very easy to slip into doom and gloom, even if you're not a depressive person, uh, just the weight of it all seems it's existential, right? This is really about our, our survival as individuals and as a species and all the other species on the planet. Um, so it's hard to talk about in any lighthearted, <laughs> positive, optimistic way. And yet I somehow managed to try and keep it there. And I don't know if I'm just really good at denial. <laughs> or am I suppressing my own feelings about this? Um, I always, I always feel like there's a, there's something positive we can do no matter what. Uh, and that, the only reason we'd be doomed is if we throw up our hands and give up and mm -hmm. just say, okay, well, we're going to party till it's over. You know, <laughs> uh, Then, yeah, we may, may, we may well be doomed. Or if we put all of our eggs in some technological basket, you know, whether it's, okay, we're just going to have to colonize Mars, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, or we're just going to have to invest all of our energy into finding some technology that'll pull carbon out of the atmosphere, you know, if we do that, we're probably barking down the, you know, going down the wrong road and, and may, may doom ourselves. But if we keep up the creative, innovative grassroots, uh, as well as top level commitment to solving this, then I actually think it could be a very positive thing for humanity. There's a lot wrong with what's happening in our world today, not just because of the environmental impact, right? Like, systems we've developed aren't working well for a lot of people there's a lot whether you're a privileged person dealing with mental health issues or totally marginalized person in our society who's at the bottom of the rung and and you know suffering all kinds of deprivation uh the system just is not really providing what we need uh we'd set it up so it would provide efficiency <laughs> right and profits <laughs> uh and and be able to like physically sustain a lot of people on the planet that's the only reason we've seen such incredible growth in in populations because of innovations like agriculture right? industrialized agriculture that can feed so many people uh, or um you know, uh, medical advances that keep people alive, right? Despite all these challenges, medical challenges. So um, there's there's always creativity involved in solving these things. And the neat thing about sustainability is that it doesn't, it's not like a, a silver bullet that we just got to apply this one solution everywhere in the world and we're good. It's always about like, creative problem solving given your local resources and the place you're in and the challenges you're facing as a community how do you respond sustainably to that and that to me is like a constant learning experience a constant exploration 
it's always going to change. We're never going to get there. Like <laughs> to be sustainable means responding positively to evolving conditions, whether they're economic or social or physical or climate, you know? So it, it, to me, it's, it's an exciting, like, Oh, this is a fun challenge. We can all work together creatively to explore solutions for and maybe for some people it looks like going car free and that can look all kinds of ways or for other people maybe it's growing your own food or uh, building your own renewable energy systems or you know uh, installing a, a well on your property so you can have access to clean water you know all these different kinds of things that are involved in figuring out a more sustainable lifestyle it's always an exploration and to me that's always kind of fun yeah, uh, you know, it's like what kind of bums me out on the climate anxiety side of things is just thinking about I I think it was John Oliver had a show where he talked about how all of these big companies basically had this big marketing campaign that put all of the onus on the consumer yeah. to, to recycle. Yeah. Whereas it really, really that burden needs to be on these companies to stop using so much plastic to stop, you know. Like they are the ones who really have the power to change things, but they have have had this very successful ad campaign convincing us that it's all our responsibility. Exactly. And yes, we should take responsibility, but we shouldn't be the only ones. Exactly. They've convinced us we're the only ones that are supposed to be doing it, and that the companies can just keep, yeah, producing and only thinking about profit and yeah this very story is as old as i am it was the early 70s this iconic ad campaign the crying indian yes if you, you've seen yeah. this it was it was uh, you know a, a 30 second thing that was on tv but then it ended up being on buses and everywhere like everybody in the 70s knew about the crying indian and it's really interesting to look into where that came from. This was not like some nonprofit got together and said, yeah, we got to fight litter. It was the companies that were making the litter in the first place yeah. realized that uh, with all the increase in disposability, because remember in the 60s, 50s, earlier, people didn't throw stuff away every single day. Or if they did, it was only like food scraps, organic material, stuff that could be composted at least. Suddenly we had this explosion of plastics and other single use things. And it was causing this huge litter problem. And America was looking lousy, right? And they realized that they were going to be blamed if they didn't deflect that blame back onto the public wow. and use like American bootstrap, like we're all rugged individuals. You just tap into that and say, it's you, the consumers who can solve this problem. And the yeah. ad, of course, if you haven't seen the crying Indian ad, just look it up. It's on YouTube. It's like this I Indian who, by the way, oh, this is filled with so many horrible things. The Indian was actually an Italian, right? Yeah. It, it, but it, <laughs> the actor was an Italian, but the full of Indian stereotypes, right? American Indian stereotypes. And he's on his canoe paddling through like it starts out in a nice river and then he sees the smokestacks and then he gets closer to getting out and he gets out at a highway and somebody throws a bag of fast food trash at his feet and he single tear and, yeah. and that voiceover is like only you can can prevent littering you know and they launched this whole america recycles day thing which i think is november 15th it's all the industries that are making the junk in the first place telling us that we're the problem and we we and we tell ourselves we're the problem. Oh yeah. So like yeah. so my dad and I have this little in partnership with Brightside where we have this little we adopted a, a, a nice. roadway, 
and we're cleaning up trash. And sometimes I'll just see on social media where people will complain about the litter and everything. They're just like, yeah, people are so disgusting. They throw their trash. And I'm like, well, I don't know who created these materials. (laughs) And also like, you know, trash like gets blown away everywhere. It's not like every person is like, bah, dump it on the side (laughs) of the road. Like there is some of that too, but we just like naturally like blame other people as opposed to like blaming systems or institutions or because those things are a little more difficult to blame and they have so much more power. And in the, it, it starts at the manufacturers, but right down to the retailers. So McDonald's will not give you a meal without a lot of trash. Why? It's not because McDonald's is necessarily evil and wants to pollute. Maybe they are. I don't know. But it's because they want to advertise. The trash is advertising. Yeah. They want your meal to come wrapped in their their logos and their advertising. Um, they wouldn't dream of just giving you a hamburger. Like they want you to be an advertisement. Right. So, yeah, there's the culpability runs all through the chain, and and then it can feel very disempowering. Like, oh, I'm just. One person, what can I do? But every single one of us can play a role at all kinds of different levels in moving us towards a more sustainable future. That's that's the other thing, exciting thing about it. Like, you can decide today to take steps that are significant, and one person can't solve it all. But together, we absolutely can't because together we created the problems, right? So <laughs> true. It's not like some aliens dropped down or some evil dictator created all these problems we're facing in sustainability. It's just it's just us as humans not being thoughtful or, or smart enough about how to do it better. And so yeah. uh, at any moment, we could all get engaged in helping make it better in so many different ways. You know, the the one example I love to talk about is laundry laundry day so what's the typical american way to do laundry right obviously uh we we put our laundry in a machine and we have it wash it for us and we we might use some harsh chemicals or not we might use some hot water cold water um these choices actually do make a difference and they matter uh and you don't necessarily have to Start washing all your clothes by hand like we did in the Peace Corps, you know. (laughs) You don't have to go that far. The simplest thing to do, actually, is to just not use the dryer. Oh, okay. Did you realize that the dryer is one of the single biggest energy hogs in every home in America? Like, nobody thinks about the dryer, right? My wife and I have never used the dryer in our house. Came with the house. We said no. We don't need this. It's so easy to hang your clothes and let the sun dry them. Like clothes will dry. We do not need to burn fossil fuels. We don't need to blow up somebody's backyard in Appalachia to get some coal out, truck it down to Louisville to put it in a power plant, to spin some turbines, to make some electrons, to go over wires with lots of loss of the energy along the way, right? To get to our house, to spin our clothes like that. Everybody does that every day. Nobody thinks of it as crazy. I take one look at that and I'm like, this is stupid. This is insane. Why do we do this? Clothes will dry. <laughs> you just need to put, hang them, right? Uh, even if you don't have an outdoor space, you could hang them on a chair in the basement. Like, clothes will dry. We don't need to. And in a nice sunny day, they'll even dry as fast as they would in a dryer, right? And and your clothes will last longer if you yeah, don't. Yeah, they won't it, shrink yeah. and... Yeah. Wow. So it's so, such a simple thing. Like the clothespin is a solution for sustainability, right? We, and, but so we don't need to think like, ah, I got I to gotta take some huge step. I got to invest in solar panels or I got to totally give up on cars. Like, yes, all that stuff would be great. 
But you can start today by not using a dryer, right? That's awesome. And then another another big one I like to talk about is what we eat. Because that has a huge impact on our personal health and happiness. But it's such a big part of our ecological footprint. And I don't know. I've seen some calculations about global carbon emissions and something like a quarter to a third of it is due to to agriculture and what we eat and most of that is due to having a a meat-based diet right Mm -hmm. and and the more we see populations around the world eating more and more meat the the harder it's going to be for us to get to more sustainable living so just choosing to have a meal without meat in it ah what a huge relief of burden on the planet and on, on your body. Right? Um, it's, it's, you don't have to become a radical vegan tomorrow and never eat meat again. You could just choose this one meal I'm going to try without meat. Wow. Well, I would love to keep talking about this, but we are at the end of our time, so we got to do some quick gratitudes. Mm. So, lightning round. My gratitude is being enlightened by this conversation. Because honestly, <laughs> with, with the car wreck, it did make me think about things. And just yeah. like, even you talk about the dryer, I used the dryer this weekend. And, and then, yeah, I'm always thinking about like the amount of waste there is and just like all the, the wrapping that goes into certain things. Or even just knowing that like it's advertising for those co- companies. Yeah. So, yeah, just I'm enlightened by this. So, that's my gratitude. Cool. My gratitude right now, and I'm late to this party, but it is the Great British Baking Show. Um, I know everybody was into it like two years ago, and that was the big thing, but I just got on board, and it's been like the one of the most soothing things for my anxiety and depression right now. I don't know why. I don't know why watching people bake is like Valium for me, but <laughs> uh, I love it, and it's like kind of saving my life right now. So oh, nice. Great British Baking Show. That's my gratitude. I'm feeling a lot of gratitude to a gentleman named Herb Fink in Old Louisville who organizes these tree plantings. I just told you about yesterday I was planting trees in Old Louisville. He organizes a couple of them every season, so two in the spring and two in the fall. And it's not just him, but he's the he's the lead organizer of it, and he is such a nice old gentleman. This guy, like, doesn't email. I gotta love it. You know, anybody who's a bit of a Luddite. Like, he hand delivers to me in my office these hand-drawn architectural drawings that he, I guess he was an architect in former life, um, for every single tree location. Like, he's got it all, all the power lines and all the buildings. He hand delivers me these physical drawings for every tree planting so that I can be a supervisor. And all I got to do is show up. That's very cool. Thank you, Herb. (laughs) Well, thank you, Justin, so much for being on the show. It's been a delight. It has been a a long time dream. I'm a huge fan. (laughs) I love listening to you guys every week. I look forward to it. It is such a different show from anything else I hear. And that's why I think it's such a good fit for Forward Radio. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you. Appreciate that very much. All right, guys, keep talking about your feelings. Bye. 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 Original theme music for Two Nuts in a Pod was composed by Neil Lucas. 